Welcome to Tiger Pops Podcast, a place to dissect, analyze, and swoon over the webtoon Midnight Poppyland. Every week, we'll go through another episode and break down character development, relationship regression, plot, symbolism, body language, and more. And of course, we'll be bringing out those tinfoil hats for some theory time. Every week, we'll be joined by sharp-witted, detail-obsessed, and dare I say, thirsty fans ready to tackle the latest gem. Let the analysis begin. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 40 of Tiger Pops Podcast. And today we are super thrilled to have Darla and Leslie on, and I will let you guys introduce yourselves. Hello. So um, <laughs> this is Darla. So um, I guess you guys will know me by my thirsty-ass comments I post on, like, Patreon and shit. And so, like, <laughs> um, oh, yeah, and, like, I do, like... Um, NSFW fan art and um, like super thirsty fan fiction and uh, yeah and like Patreon comments are always lit so <laughs> that's probably now how you know me but um, yeah if you want to check me out it's at Darla Amami okay thanks oh yeah I'm a retail manager okay bye <laughs> <laughs> Well, hi everyone. I'm Leslie. You all know me as uh, your weekly marble catcher or aspiring marble catcher. I don't know that I always do the best job. Lily makes it really hard. <laughs> but um, yeah, part-time opera singer, part-time opera catcher, uh, marble catcher. And um, yeah, you can catch me on Instagram at uh, coloratura underscore runs. I'm also on Patreon um, as a creator and as a fangirl. So yeah, it's fun. Okay, right. so episode 40, here we are. Um, the last thing we ended off with last week was with a super horrible, heartbreaking episode where Tora and Poppy said goodbye to each other on Regina's Peak. And Tora gives Poppy his bracelet slash necklace and ring, which we think belonged to Joe. And he also gave her this paper airplane with a note in it. And Poppy looks at it, her eyes start filling with tears, and she takes out the paper airplane, and she starts to read it. And I'll let one of you guys have the pleasure of reading Tora's note. Oh, fuck. I'm not oh, even gosh. looking at that shit. Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> yeah, and first of all, I have to say, I love his handwriting. It's exactly what I thought his handwriting would look like. Like, messy, oh, absolutely. <laughs> like, you, 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 only a certain few can actually like read it and find it legible right so and like to read it? yeah which one of you i'll let one of you do it, guys do it because this is like oh, just emotional gold oh okay well i'll go darla is that all right yeah. <laughs> all right so it's um didn't think you'd ask me out and didn't have time to get you a present so i'm giving you this instead it's some old crap i've had with me for a long time but it belonged to someone important to me. Kind of like a lucky charm. So keep it safe or I'll beat your ass. I'm not good at this stuff, but I hope you like it. Think of it as something to remember me by. Be safe. And thanks for the hair tie. Happy birthday, Tora. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then... I'm Poppy's crying and walked to my corner and be sad. <laughs> awful, awful, awful. Poppy's like clutching the bracelet and ring in her hand, and tears are falling on her hand. She's crying, and then she puts her, and then you see like the images of Tora's car driving away. Oh, again. I know. So <sighs> heartbreaking. I hate it. I hate it so much. I don't, but I do. Oh my god. <laughs> I think we're emotionally compromised. We we should be talking rationally and coherently, but we're just having a meltdown. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. That that's that's all we got. <laughs> okay, fine. I'll try. So basically, Tura, he's saying goodbye to Poppy and he's giving her his most prized possession. And he did this, you know, he didn't even I thought it was kind of premeditated, but it turns out it was not premeditated. He wrote, we'll see that he wrote this on the fly because he didn't think that she would ask him out and he feels obligated to get her a present and he wants to give her his most precious possession. Yeah. (sighs) It's really, it's really beautiful that he did that because, you know, 
I mean, you guys probably read my Patreon comment and whatnot, but you know, when we see the panels of the car driving away at night, it's like, I'm leaving for good, you know, and he leaves this Mm -hmm. most beautiful, precious items, a ring that someone he looked up to had, like, so it was Joe's ring, obviously, right? Like, and we don't know how he left this earth, but it's so precious to him and that he leaves that to her. And it's just, it's such a gut-wrenching moment. Like, I remember when I read this part, I just got off work. So I was standing outside on, on having a smoke and whatnot. And so I was reading it and I literally just like clenched my chest. I was like, no, Poppy, like, oh my God. Uh, yeah, I just, I couldn't. Right, and one thought that I'm having is that we don't know, right? Like you said, how Joe, how Joe Tora got these objects. You know, maybe uh, one of the things I'm wondering is maybe Tora had to kill Joe. Like, that's the thing maybe he had to do for Gayu to save his life. Um, or maybe Joe gave it to Tora before he was going to die. And now Tora is thinking that he'll die. And he wants to give it to her to make sure that it passes on beyond him. <sighs> that's yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Theory is what I'm honestly really afraid of. Yeah. It's like, you know, I mean, it's interesting in a story that's like fundamentally about about these two characters, the odds of one dying, you know, within the next 25 episodes is pretty slim, but there's still this sort of fear of, oh God, what are they getting themselves into that is so bad that he thinks that he has to, you know, basically write his will Mm -hmm. here, you know, and make sure that some part of him lives on with apparently the only like really special connection he's ever had so much so that like he'll give something to this girl he's only known for a week yeah right you know or like two weeks like for somebody to become that special to you that quickly you either have to you know it one does have to be something very special but you also have to be in pretty dire straits Mm -hmm. right and the other people that he knows are all within the clan so they're also likely to get mixed up in this dangerous warfare that's about to happen she's yeah he's she's the only person who's like actually fully outside of the world in which he lives right and i think we're pretty sure right and what you were saying like we as readers of this know that like it's a romance and we know that they're going to end up together but they don't know that Dora doesn't know that yeah (laughs) yeah not aware that he's a character (laughs) Mm -hmm. no he's not i really like that he's not not aware of these characters Oh God! Um, if I can say what you said on Patreon um, about the, the the sneak peek where we saw um, that image of him on his head, and you were like, "Oh, I kissed the phone, and we're all crazy together." I was like, "Thank you." Yes, <laughs> all yep. That really happened. And it really like these characters are real to us. Like we're we're experiencing it as though they're experiencing it right now in the flesh, and that they're happening. Yeah, he's he's very real. Okay. <laughs> yeah and I, I think that's just, yeah the 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 strength of uh of a character is in how real they are and of a story and how much it pulls us in and you know the story is real to us because it can happen and it does happen and it has happened you know all over the world thousands of years these are real people so that's why we connect so strongly to it yeah yeah exactly so anyway so poppy's sitting there her head is in her hands She's so sad. She understands how significant this is. And she's thinking back. She's like, is this what he was hiding in his pocket? And she's going back to their hug, <laughs> which is more emotional. Oh, my God. Yeah. And, you know, Tora asks Poppy, he's like Bobby, which is, you know, his cute little nickname for her. Since it's our last night together, he pulls away from her a little bit. And with a serious face, his serious dead set gray face with a little blush on his face, he says, can I get one more? Of course, duh. <laughs> and I, I, we think that's a for a kiss. Not, apparently. <laughs> oh. And Poppy just, you know, blushes all over, says, you wish, but she hugs him. She brings him, she doesn't allow, you know, agree to the kiss, but she does hug him really, really tightly afterwards. Enough that he says, oof. <laughs> Oh, that one made me so, yeah, she might, really she sad. She might not be very good with her kids, but she definitely, she definitely wants him to be close to her again. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, 
Okay, even though my thirsty ass, I'm be like, Poppy, fucking go for it. <laughs> just, just fucking do it, right? There's a part of me that I'm like, you know what? I'm glad you did it because you should always have your man chase you a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, you need that. You need that excitement. So mm-hmm. there needs to be a little bit of that. It's funny that that's like my grandmother's words of wisdom, typical words of wisdom. You know, the man always has to run after the woman. Don't run after your man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so like, you know, Granny Saki Granny said that too, and old mm-hmm. grandmother wrote by it. Yep. Yep. I see that. It did make me a little sad though, because I like I mentioned this on Patreon, and I I feel like I feel like Poppy missed it. Um. You know, like earlier. Um, in the same evening in the previous two episodes ago, she had, you know, Tora had started to say like, you have a really big heart um, and was also earlier in that same conversation sort of implicitly complimenting her on her sort of emotional availability and accessibility, um, you know, by being like, wow, how do you just, you know, talk about how you're feeling? Like, how are you able to like actually physically able to do that? Um, and I feel like Poppy's perhaps not as, you know, available as Tora thinks because twice, twi- explicitly twice and sort of implicitly in the same night, he's been very direct and very open and very vulnerable with her in a way that's very different from, you know, their sort of teasing cute banter that is just absolutely delightful. Um, and she, she missed it. You know, or she deflected it with with humor and sort of, you know, like small but tough, sassy poppy, you know, beats up the gangster and the gangster likes it kind of thing. Um, it, it made me it made me really sad, actually, to read that because she it, especially having seen like what an asshole her ex was. It made me think that I don't I'm not even sure poppy is aware of that part of her that's closed off where she just is not open and available to real compassion um, and sort of intense, like concentrated vulnerability that it takes to sit in front of somebody that you have very profound feelings for and listen to them say something that they really cherish and value in you. And I think to her asking for a kiss and, you know, trying to tell her what he really admires in her were both instances of that. Yeah. Wow. That yeah. That's something I. That's very profound, and I think you're 100 percent right. I think that Poppy does have this general sense of emotional openness, where over the small things she's able to be open. But then when it comes to something that's really significant to her, like this, you know, intimate relationship, I don't think she's ready yet to, mm-hmm. to put down her guard. Yeah, I think you're very right. Mm-hmm. Right, which is you know we're all. Poppy deserves love. <laughs> yeah, she does. Yeah, really I think the, the point of the story is everything, this is another grandmother statement, and everything at the right time. You know, they're not ready for it. Tora's yes. not ready because he feels it's too dangerous, and Poppy's probably not ready to be emotionally vulnerable right now, especially yeah. after the big up with jewelry. Yeah, and we don't want Tora to be, like, the fucking rebound, you know? Like, he needs to be oh, all heavens, in, no. you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Until they are ready to go all in, that's when it's going to happen. An excellent point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So at this one, she feels his, um, she feels something in his pocket. And, you know, <laughs> we all make that joke about like, hey, what do we feel? It's like, ignore it, ignore it. <laughs> it actually was something in his pocket, though, is like the real irony. <laughs> yeah. It's funny because, like, I would, you know, they must be really close if she can feel like a ring in his pocket. It's not like a knife or something, it's just a little ring. But anyway, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I thought I thought he she was feeling the strawberry hair tie in his pocket, and mm. I thought like, oh, you know, the shape of a strawberry, like. Oh my god! that's where I thought it was coming from, like those little innuendos. So I mean, I love it. Oh though. my god! Don't we all? That is yeah, really great. Mm-hmm. But also. If- strawberry hair tie you know top 10 top 10 things that are going to make me cry today (laughs) yeah (laughs) 
I, there, I know there are a lot of fans who are buying strawberry hair ties, and I'm like, that would be too much. <laughs> just oh, just girl, I have strawberry hair ties too. Yeah. <laughs> I just I bought them also. <laughs> and I love them now. You know, so many things for us are now like forever associated with Midnight Poppy Land, like strawberries. I never thought about strawberries. Tigers, right, you know, rice animals. Suddenly those are all Midnight Poppy Land things. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so she, you know, talks about it and Tora's like so it caught up in their hug. He just says, ignore it. And she's like, it's uncomfortable. And he's like, just give me mumbles. Just give me five more minutes. Like this poor boy. <laughs> just oh. is, you know, I want five more minutes with you. So sweet. I hate it. I'm so sad now. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah. Okay, so Tora here now um, wants to finish eating, and he's like, oh, stop watching me eat. It's rude. And Poppy's all confused. <laughs> like, why can't he eat in front of her? Also, they've, like, had six meals together. Exactly. And... <laughs> oh. But we know what's happening. You know, Tora puts his hand in his pocket, and he heads into the car. And Poppy's, you know, just, like, confused, that little cute little confused face. <laughs> But now she knows what was happening and she's reminiscing bad about it back in her apartment. And, you know, she's filling her eyes again. And she says, I guess he was too shy to give this to me in person. And she calls him, this is my favorite terms. Tora, why are you such a cutie patootie? <laughs> totally is. Uh... Yeah, I love it that she's, she sees Tora as a cutie patootie. And that's how I see him too. Like he's just a sweetheart. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Which is, you know, makes it all the more sort of awful that this is the world that he's trapped in. You know, it's just like so incongruous with who and what he actually is, you know? Mm -hmm. Right. I was wondering what would he have been without this? How would he have been if he had been raised in a normal family? He would still be gorgeous and like six foot three and big, but he would probably just be a sweetheart, you know, inside and outside. Yep. So now here, I love how Poppy is not letting herself get her emo- her emotions get the better of her. She wipes away her her eyes, says, "Okay, okay, enough of the melodrama. I need to think about this logically." And she thinks about his positive attributes. Yes, he's unexpectedly sweet and funny and kind. And then um, I feel comfortable around him, and it feels like it's mutual. And we had a great time. And then she'll get into the butt, but she's interrupted from a call from her grandmother. Oh. I love this part so much. <laughs> I also love how like perfectly Lily got like the FaceTime angle. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like it's just so clearly oh it was so it was so great. And I love how much of a of a circle Poppy actually has, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm wondering if you know like um we were talking about how Poppy doesn't seem to be opening up to friends. I'm wondering if these people, these, you know, whether they're her cousins or her friends, um, Mirabelle and Denise, if they were put in, if Lily's like, oh, she does have friends. Here we are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think they're, I think they're cousins. Like it just, cause you know, what friends would hang out with Poppy's grandma? You know what I mean? So. Well, you make a good point there. Maybe, but if they were like high school friends and um, the grandma was the one who raised her after her dad passed away when she was a kid, it's very possible mm-hmm. that they were in her house and that's like their mom, you know, it's kind of like her mom. Yeah. yeah. Granny seems really cool. I bet that they, I, they, they, they seem to all be on kind of like the same wave, same wavelength. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then also, you know, just like in a, in a sort of like tangential observation, it's also really nice to see like a female character in a romance have like a really awesome like established circle of female friends because so often there's a reliance on like this is the girl who's like all alone which you know can sort of like imply some more predatory vibes especially as a trope and it's really nice to see this story unfolding with like Poppy being totally well adjusted right and I think you know for for obviously for many people like their romantic relationship is a very important relationship in their life and usually Mm -hmm. the most important one but everyone needs a a lot of other people. I think um, one of the things that Esther Perel, she's like this uh, relationship coach. So she says that we expect of our relation, our romantic partner to be everything. We expect them to be, to provide romance, sexuality, um, financial support, emotional support, you know, shopping. Like we expect them to have fulfilled the roles that used to be fulfilled by a village, family, friends, cousins, neighbors, 
and we put all that pressure on one person. So, you know, a human being cannot just be them and the romantic relationship. It's too much. It's impossible. So it's great that Poppy has her family and slash friends because you need mm-hmm. all, need everything. Yeah, that's a really, I, I really, I, I, I had to go read that. That sounds like a great read. Yeah, I was listening to her actually on another podcast and then I bought two of her books. I'm going through them. They're really good. Amazing. <laughs> yep. So <laughs> those girls are apparently flight attendants because she thought they had flight attendant training today. I'm kind of wondering if that'll mm-hmm. tie in. Maybe some, maybe she'll need to rely on them when she's escaping the mafia. And she'll use their connections. <laughs> That's a really intriguing possibility. We can hope. <laughs> right. And they're so cute. Here she is with her, her favorite face. Oh, son of a biscuit. Yeah, believe you guys like <laughs> I mean, hey, at least it's not son of a fudge biscuit. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, Poppy's adorable. I can't. Right. She's showing them her teeth. And then her friends are like saying, Oh, I told you she was gonna cry. She always cries, she'll get over it. Which is, you know, she told Tora Tora before that she always cries. So we have some affirmation here from her friends or slash cousins. <laughs> and then this is the best part. I'll let you guys talk about the, the voodoo doll. Oh, oh my yeah. god. I cackled so hard. I like threw my phone across the room. And I love how they blurred his little non-existent dick. Like, <laughs> I want to see it because I know it's nothing there. You know, just to confirm. Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. And it's just like the terrible, like, little, you know, like, bad group photo that they pulled off of Facebook or something for his head. <laughs> yeah. And also, like the like the wording on the doll, like in honor of your five point X. Like these are these are true friends. These are people that Poppy absolutely needs to keep in her circle, and also mm-hmm. need to meet Tora. Yeah, she needs like the Mirabelle and Danae like stamp of approval as well as Granny, and I want them to be like standing there ready with another voodoo doll. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think every girl needs, you know, some badass bitches behind them because like, you know, I've been in this situation before and um I actually okay, you know, I had I was out with my sister and we were out eating dinner on a patio at some restaurant and mm-hmm. I see this is back in the day. So an ex-boyfriend of mine, he walked by and he had his arm around his ex-girlfriend. So he, so I caught him like seeing another woman, you know what I mean? And, oh oh, yeah, my sis, like, okay, thank God. And I waved to him because I was going to be cordial. I I don't know why I decided to be cordial. I do not know why. Maybe I just didn't want to be ratchet, you know, in the daytime or whatever. Right. So, Uh um, (laughs) so we got up I was like really upset I finished my drink and I went into the bathroom and my sister's like darling do you want me to beat his ass like you know (laughs) you know like you need that and and I was just like no it's fine but of course like driving home I was like cursing him out on the phone like you know, him giving some dumb excuses. Of course, I'm not with him anymore. But I remember that so vividly, because like, my sister, who's like, six years older than me was just like, I will beat his ass if you want me to like, you need that family support, you need a friend that's going to be down for you like that. Like, you just need that, especially for a dirt bag that's going to cheat on you. Like, that's just like the worst thing a guy can ever do to you. You know what I mean? Besides hitting like, oh, oh, oh yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and having people who can hold the anger for you. Mm-hmm. Then, like when when it, I had a relationship that dissolved pretty painfully it, um, a couple of years ago, and having like my squad of girlfriends being angry on my behalf, like gave me the room to the sort of the emotional room, the emotional capacity to like pay attention to other things and pay attention to other parts of my life and continue living my life while I processed all of those feelings. So. <clears throat> It's yeah. so helpful. It's so necessary. Yeah. Right. One thing I'm noticing, by the way, um, 
tell me if you guys had the same impression. To me, when I saw her friends, her friends seem more dolled up than she is. Like one of them's clearly wearing lipstick. They both have those eyelashes. Mm-hmm. I think that, and Poppy compared to them, looks a little um, innocent and naive and young. And I'm wondering if that's just, you know, to emphasize like Poppy is not a little bit like a late bloomer, you know, compared to her friend. Yeah, I feel like, yeah. you know, her Poppy's definitely the more... Um, plainer Jane I guess if you want to say that like her friends I can I can identify with her friends for sure like you know the makeup the nails um, but um Poppy I I think a girl that doesn't need all that I think she's very secure with herself like I see Poppy as a as a woman that's very secure with herself like she doesn't need a shit ton of makeup she doesn't need these long acrylic nails or whatever I I love all that shit like I love it but like she just doesn't need that and I think it's also because she's from Moonbright you know like it's it Uh she doesn't they don't have all this outside influence on her her, you know yeah absolutely I mean I'm like that when I go home and visit family in Utah and you that's like where I grew up so it was just sort of like you know, when I moved to Manhattan for the first time as a 17 year old to go to music school. And I was like, oh my God, everybody's so dressed up all the time. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know how to do any of this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm from New York originally. And, um, and then I moved to Memphis for five years where, you know, people are dressed much more simply and more laid back. And mm-hmm. I moved back to New York. I was like, why are you dressed up so much all the time? <laughs> all the time. Um, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, but, you know, it's, it's interesting. You know, her friends are super dolled up. And there was a comment in, I think, an earlier episode where Jewelry, Jewelry was asking her to wear more makeup. Like, hey, can you dress up a little bit more? But, like, make it look natural. Um, which, of course, means you have to spend, like, three hours in front of the mirror. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's interesting that that her friends show up like that dressed up and Poppy's totally fine you know obviously Poppy wasn't expecting to talk to them um but it seems like you know they don't make any comment about it it seems like they just give her room to be exactly who she is which is you know just somebody for whom that's not as important Mm -hmm. until she lets her hair down because she's you know needing a thug on a mountain Mm -hmm. right but even her even her dressing up is more simple and more down to earth yeah yep and I love how you know she's like breaking down here right when she sees her friend <laughs> just she's crying. like what about that non-existent we never started and then you know she's like she doesn't know about it she's blowing her nose and then this is awesome thing she's like granny knows oh your granny knows and granny's brandishing a pair of scissors <laughs> we love granny <laughs> also I love like the little floating flowers around granny while she's smiling like if anybody like I wonder where on earth like Poppy got her taser tendency from I can't I can't find it where did that come from yeah <laughs> and, um, and then granny is like being super manipulative and she's like you're not seeing any more boys right and Poppy's sweating she's like but he's in a dangerous organization and right Tor and Lily's putting this in this section right now because he's trying to you know show that granny is concerned for her and Tor probably like oh but this is another reason for Poppy to stay away from Torah because she's like no no boys for me and, he's like, <laughs> and certainly not you know boys who are guns for hire yeah. exactly and Granny's reminding her, you know, she's bringing in the emotional guilt. She's like, I'm not, I'm not saying you can't, but I promised your dad to take care of you. And then she just, like, brings in her picture of her father. <laughs> and, you know, Granny's crying. The dad is looking all cute there, like the innocent prop in Granny's toolbox. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's... Oh. And her friends are like her friend. I don't know which one that's today or Maribel, but she's like, go get, go easy on the guilt trip, Granny. It's her birthday. Like with this dead panic. <laughs> she knows. Like she sees the Granny. <laughs> I mean, what the is like awfully like, trying to pry the cat out of her purse. <laughs> <laughs> this panel, this panel is like so perfectly encapsulates the chaos of FaceTiming your family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. It's just like it starts out great and perfectly structured, and then it just disintegrates. <laughs> There's like there's, there's so much shouting in this scene. You can just sense it. <laughs> Everybody's trying to talk at once. 
<laughs> Granny's like, if anything happens to you, I'll never be able to forgive myself for the rest of my life. You know, just really laying it on thick. You know, Poppy is a little, getting a little on the nose there, Granny. Yes. And, you know, these are all things that would make Poppy doubly, doubly convict, um, affirm her conviction that she has to stay away from Torah. Yeah. Which it's going to be, it's going to be so interesting seeing, you know, I, this, this is a recurring theme in like my comments and contributions in this community. And um, it's one thing that I, I keep noticing is just like the, the, those like little hints of, of Poppy just like being a lot steelier, I think, and a lot more clear eyed than anybody, including herself, I think gives her credit for. And so I think seeing the dialogue, the internal dialogue, and, you know, as it's expressed in her actions also going forward of her, like, understanding, even if not in detail, what Tor is involved with, and balancing that with the fears of the people within her inner circle whose opinions she does genuinely value, but also, like, her attraction both to Torah, but also to danger or excitement um seeing how those threads like come together in the next you know several episodes as she kind of weighs which one of those things is more important i think is going to be really interesting it might bring us to some really interesting like pressure points where she makes some exciting decisions can't wait till that happens mm-hmm yeah, well, she already asked a mobster out. Like, I think we see which way she's going. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> which I hope she chooses the way I would choose. Damn, Poppy. <laughs> right, and another thing that that we want to see is she says to her, to her grandmother that if I'm seeing anyone new, I'll take him back to see you. We're like, we want to oh see my God. Tora Granny. I must. I like cancel like cancel all my meetings that day. Cancel everything. I don't care what's going on that day. Like. All bets are off the day that Tori meets Granny. Yeah. We have it's, to see this. Oh, it's going to be so good. It's going to be so good. Can't you just picture that smile he's going to throw on, you know, when he was leaning against that that desk with Alice at the restaurant? Like, he's just going to throw that smile, have that dimple on, <laughs> so going to charm his way, and I'm going to love it. And it's going to be But amazing. you also know that, he, like, the only thing that is going to scare the six foot three you know sniper is going to be granny wilkes oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) and then i think we're going to see poppy realize that she that that she kind of likes torah scared it's probably probably very attractive (laughs) right Um, insert taser yeah the contrast between his big veneer and being (laughs) able to humble him and bring him down that's attractive to her to know that she has control of him Mm-hmm. exactly I think it's also going to be really sweet whenever that happens like I'm sure that when Lily writes when if Lily please write it please let us have like Tori and Granny me if you're there if you're listening <laughs> um, <laughs> please <laughs> you know you, it, it's, it's probably going to be like 70% just like hold your sides hilarious and then you know punch us in the face with being so incredibly sweet and genuine that I we all just have to just like curl up and cry for an hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you know, Poppy's looking at the ring and she's deciding as you know, Granny has kind of like pushed her over the edge. This is definitely the best for both of us. And oh. she's looking at the ring and she's like, the ring and leather bracelet must have meant a lot to him. Is it really okay for him to give it to me? And you know, it's so sweet that she re- realizes what it is for him. And she decides to keep it safe, and she puts it in this box. But then when she opens the box, what happens? Something's gone. Yeah. So with this box, um, you know, I didn't know what the hell was in that shit. But when I was reading through the Patreon comments, um, shout out to Miss T. You know who you are, yeah. girl. Like, I, I totally agree that her barrette was supposed to be in there. And, um, you know, this is, this is going to lead into the uh, direction of her meeting up with Quincy, because I, I still think her Beretta is still at his place, so we're going to see whatever happens, but I mean, that's just a theory, who knows, but 
I mean, what are your guys' thoughts on that? I think I remember reading that and I remember thinking, oh, I think that's right. Um, because, you know, somebody else, and I wish I could remember who, so, you know, credit to the person who posted this is like, she wouldn't have kept like a bloody piece of paper in a box, you know, like she wouldn't like the one that, that Torah reads. And I, so, and we, we have sort of multiple descriptions of the fact that like nobody's been able to find a damn thing um in poppy's apartment or anywhere else so i don't think it would have been you know like this convenient one important piece of paper which would somehow be separate from her the rest of the notebook that um, is actually that's the and you see if you like back in the second episode or so Tora does pick up one paper that has evidence on it and then he's like oh where's the rest of it so that's the, exactly. that's where the paper is from yeah. So regarding like the the pin, so somebody I, I don't remember who this was either. Sorry, there's a lot of great Patreon comments, and I don't remember who said what. But somebody was saying mm-hmm. he actually went back and counted the um the amount of amount of pip clips on that on that clip. She said there were nine, like nine spokes on that clip, and she's thinking that it might be the nine dagger crest, and that Poppy's mother might be involved in the nine daggers clan, and maybe this is something that you know Poppy's mother gave to her. And Poppy might be the descendant of the Nine Daggers clan. So Ooh. very pinpoily. That's and really, that's quite hmm. a theory. I haven't seen that um, comment. So, okay, I, I got to go back and read that. But, I mean, it would be interesting to see if, you know, this is kind of like a Romeo and Juliet situation where, you know, Poppy mm. might be a, uh, you know, arch nemesis whatever without even knowing it you know yeah we'll see we'll see yeah then torah taking over the volume clan and you know together with poppy and then like changing it from the inside out Mm -hmm. i wonder and i i do kind of wonder i mean i think i feel like we're privy enough to poppy's internal dialogue that if she knew much about um like if she knew much about the mafia life i feel like we would have gotten more overt evidence of it so if that theory is true i think that it's something that not even poppy is privy to right yeah it could be her mom be aware at all yeah right it could be her mom didn't tell her why Mm -hmm. yeah exactly um people are safe just like what was doing yeah but it is interesting, you know, going back and looking at that um, particular episode where she's uh, chasing after Mr. Lamb and, there, you know, somebody has pointed out that there's a really interesting frame looking up from beneath Poppy. You know, you see this really prominent um, hairpin, you see the miracle, you see the Baltimore crest. Um, and, it, you know, it's, it's like clearly highlighting a bunch of really important things that we just mm-hmm. don't know why they're important. You know, the hair tie pops out. The miracle pops out. The fact that you know it's superimposed against the Baltimore crest, which has like geometric similarities. It, yeah. You know, there's just so much going on. It's like all of this is important, but how? <laughs> I would be. I. I really like that the hairpin theory. Right. I feel I like that's our best bet right now. <laughs> yeah. Something else that people were saying that maybe she put his business card there and Tora took it out when he was at her apartment. And that um, to get oh. to make sure she didn't have any of his contact information, and that he probably figured out how to delete his contact from her phone, also, which is oh. heartbreaking. What? I reject that. I reject it. I reject it just because I don't want that to be true. <laughs> <laughs> it, has, it has no bearing. I, I'm not rejecting it because there's any evidence that it would be untrue. I'm just rejecting it because I, no, <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> Yeah, we'll find out, right? <laughs> I feel like this is the waiting. I can't wait. It's it's so it's like I'm, every week it's a whole week in between episodes. <laughs> I know, right? Lily's just like drinking reader tears with lemon out of a mug right now. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's working hard. And we totally appreciate it, but we also simultaneously want the episodes now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what do you mean you can't just like magically, you know, do like thousands of hours of work all in one week just so that we can binge this all like it's like a netflix series <laughs> what do you mean you can't do that 
So now we cut back to Torah. And Torah is saying, the only lead I'm left with. And he's in this place, which we will shortly find out where he is. And he's looking at the paper. And this is the paper. By the way, it's interesting. It looks like he laminated the paper, um, which I yeah. like. Um, as a person who is, you know, organized, generally, I like how he's organized. And he's, you know, doesn't want to get fingerprints on it or whatever. Maybe, maybe he didn't laminate. Maybe it's just in, like, a sheet protector. Um, yeah. Laminating would probably be harder to access those fingerprints. But, and we see here, it says Mobo Suzuki. Best waffle. Mm-hmm. And what we And that's, of course, where that like really seedy-looking guy wound up finding the tapes of corrupt politicians. Right. So does his mom own the best waffle? Was that the... Right? Yeah, you I think so. It seemed, it seemed like the guy's mom or some other, you know, sort of parent, historically parental figure had been in that role. Right. So I think that, you know, Torah is going to be, he says here, he's like, oh, I should have hired, my head's going to explode from all this detective BS. I should have hired a real PI. But I think that's what we'll see him doing in the next couple of episodes, trying to track down this Waffle House and whoever leaked this video. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think you're totally right. Yeah. And Tori, like, he has his head in his hands. He's feeling overwhelmed by this. Um, and then I was thinking about, like, he's, I love that we get, to be privy to everything that he's thinking about he's berating himself for like why didn't i just snatch the bag from her from day one and being that he was led by uh, darla i'll let you do this because that's your forte instead of being led around by your fucking dick oh dickhead Oops. <laughs> <laughs> um i mean yeah he's clearly you know poppy's a, a hot little curvy little thing you know of course he's gonna be wanting to get to know her when he first saw her she's really pretty and um yeah so he he's definitely being led on by his his thing down there (laughs) so and and i don't blame him at all for that i think uh who uh, any man if they're gonna see a pretty girl come out of the bushes like all freaking angelic and shit like they're gonna want to talk to her they're gonna want to know everything about her so i don't blame him at all Mm -mm. right i think you see his soft heart because he's like no she looked terrified like she was about to cry and he didn't want to scare her even more so yeah he's he's also being government is attracted to her but there's like a really soft heart inside that doesn't want to hurt her doesn't want to hurt anybody needlessly (sighs) and once again ow (laughs) sorry i don't do well with the juxtaposition of how like compassionate and like how desperately he needs like something soft and angelic because of the circumstances of his life i just it it just short circuits me emotionally because it hurts yeah oh and then he continues and he says like she looked like she'd have the sweetest softest voice and you wanted to get closer to her. And he's reminiscing, he's really thinking back to all their early interactions. And, you know, we didn't know what he was thinking back then. We were guessing, but now we know. He's confirming that he was just desperate for some softness in his life and some femininity and some, someone to be caring to him. He wanted to talk to her and hear it for himself. Oh, God. Ow. But it's it's kind of, it, but you know what, that also means, this, and it, I think that Lily highlighted this really beautifully as she was kind of like going through the next couple of um, like flashbacks is how much he like, I don't want to say orchestrated some, you know, I, I have a personal theory where, if, you know, when you're interested in, in somebody you're and you're thinking about them all the time without even consciously realizing it you're finding yourself drawn to places that they might go to and they might like um mm-hmm. without even like thinking that like you're looking for them you're drawn to things that have any sort of similarity or echo to them so it makes me kind of think of like you know when tora like r- went to that you know random place in a d- different part of town to get food and happened to run into poppy um falling out of the tree you know it just kind of makes me wonder like how much of that is Tora not even realizing that he's going someplace that somehow reminds him of her you know why did he pick that particular place he's probably not even aware of it but oh my god and yeah clearly like we see that clearly it's not just that she 
you know, grew on him as they were, as they got to know one another more. It was the thing that he was really drawn to her right from the get-go. Ah. Right. Yeah, we just did the first episodes and we were wondering, we're like, okay, he burned his, his hand on the cigarette and he sat down on the steps, but you know, now we hear him confirming it. Yeah. Yeah, he was so distracted trying to light a cigarette where he, his thumb was still on the lighter and he fucking burnt himself because he was too busy staring at her. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just so confused. Like, why did I, why did I do that? How... I, I've never burned myself lighting. I've burned myself lighting a cigarette in like ten years. What? What is this? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Masculine <laughs> confusion. Right. And when he's thinking about, he just wanted to see her again. The pose that he rem- remembers is him rescuing her in his like arms on her wrists, and you know of him being compassionate. And you know that's the version of himself that he wants to see himself as. Oh my he, God, you're right. right now, yeah, the way he sees himself is like this violent, angry person. But then he remembers himself as the person who helped her, he and that's to, what he wants to be. He wants to be the knight in shining armor instead of like the, you know, the dragon or something. You're oh, better than no. that. You're better than that, Tora. You're better than that. You don't need to be a knight in shining armor, okay? Well, and the, the irony is right. Then he's he's back at the restaurant. He's looking. You know, his hand is on his his head is on his hand, and he's. You know, he's like, what do you know about all this Nine and Shining armor bullshit? And should have just snatched her bag. But the irony is, is that he does know a lot about being a Nine and Shining armor. He's been doing so much to protect her from rescuing her from the tree, talk, telling her her weight is good, telling her, don't worry about what Jacob says about you. Getting this whole clan warfare exacerbated to protect her and protect the focus from being on her. And he really is a Nine and Shining armor. And he doesn't even recognize that about himself. I didn't need my heart today. It's fine. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm totally fine. <laughs> yeah, it's really, really, really emotional. And um, then it's you know he turns cute. He's like, well, you might have gotten your nose wrecked if you actually tried to mug her. She's one wee little Also hand. true. Also true. <laughs> Own business. Completely true. <laughs> really cute. He's like waving her little uh, strawberry tie around, and <laughs> looking at him. <laughs> face in that is amazing. Yeah, you know, he respects her as well. He understands that she's not, she might appear very vulnerable and very sweet and innocent. And she is in many ways, but she also has the core strength in her. She's, and a taser, and a taser. Right, and he gives her her full name, right? He's showing her respect. Am I right, Poppy Line Wilkes? You know, she's a force to be contended with. Yeah. Oh, yeah, she is. And then you know then it goes into the most adorable thing he ever did <laughs> he he's like so stinking cute and he takes a picture of the strawberry tie uh, everything is fine everything is fine <laughs> right and he's sending it to someone we don't know he's sending looks like he's sending the picture to someone and then he like pauses and he slams his face down on the counter jesus effing christ would you quit thinking about her oh nope, <laughs> nope. you're you're not gonna be able to do that sorry buddy <laughs> It's not yeah, and, everyone, and you know it. It's adorable. And everyone on Patreon was trying to guess when we had the sneak peek. We were trying to guess what he was thinking about. And Millennial T was the one who got it right that he was berating himself for being obsessed with her out of everybody. So kudos to Millennial T for that. Yeah, <laughs> correctly job. guessing. Yep. And, you know, and now we're getting into his thinking. We see that he really drew the attention on purpose to protect her. He says, you know, he's, his face is still down on his hands. He says, thank think f that all the attention on the nine daggers feud for now and he's um harkening back now we see what he did for her he's near the air street bakery he's in an elevator and he's giving the store owner we thought it was actually the bag of rats but lily has confirmed it is a bag of money and <laughs> yeah and he's uh, nice doing business with you no idea what you'll be doing with more sedated rats come by again sometime so torah what has torah done guys I mean, he put in the rats on the Baltimore boats that caused so much damage. Right, in the nightclubs and the restaurants. Mm-hmm. And he oh, did yeah, all this. exploded and the nightclubs and restaurants were infested. There we go. I got yeah. mixed up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, he just, um, he did all that to divert attention away from Poppy. He's I know, so but that's smart. the thing that, that's the thing that I wonder, like, I don't, I, I'm not, this could just be me, but I don't know 
that, and I'm, I'm not sure that it was exclusively to pull attention away from Poppy. I feel like that's almost certainly a very big part of it, but I just can't shake the feeling that that's not all there is to it. Like, in fact, distracting Poppy from it might've been sort of a, a fringe, a very significant fringe benefit of it. But I just, you know, especially going back and rereading re like episode two where, you know, he's, he was like arrested and the fact that he knows the inspector, I just can't shake the feeling that he's somehow involved with something bigger in the sabotage against the clan. Oh yeah. I agree with you completely with that. Um, I mean, I don't know what exactly he's doing, of course, but there, there's some more motivation to all this stuff. I mean, yeah, we can say like he's doing this shit to piss off Vince. Like if you're, you're rebelling, you're going to purposely piss off, you know, the people that are in charge of your life. Mm-hmm. But I feel like he has more motivation to it that we don't know yet. So I'm thinking possibly Goliath being involved some way, but we'll we'll have to see. Who knows? Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be so great. Right. But I can't <laughs> handle the the pressure until then. My tinfoil hat self is is gonna be not okay. <laughs> <laughs> right, somebody mentioned, I don't remember if it was on Facebook or Patreon, but somebody mentioned that maybe Goliath um, calling the cops on Torah was actually a way of getting him out of the clan so that they could both be double crossers and work together to like defeat the clan from within. I didn't Ooh. think that necessarily because when Torah picked up the phone in the first episode, he was like, oh, you know, the FFI care, like he threw it away. He acted as though he doesn't care about Goliath. So I don't, I don't think that makes sense Mm -hmm. although i like the idea but there might be some you know there might be some partial you know something like partially correct like something you know where where the person who has that theory is like hitting on something um because like stuff you know everybody's starting to notice i think particularly we're starting to see like more developed threads and more developed ideas in the mafia plot line that you know we just don't know how they all come together yet but but you know we're seeing enough stuff that it's like okay, that was not, that's, you know, that wasn't a passing thing. That wasn't just world building detail like that. That that's a trend somewhere. I have no idea where this is going, but you know, like three instances of something makes a pattern. You know, we've seen a lot of things where there's like three references to something where it's like, okay, we need to pay attention to this now. I don't know where it's going. So all of these sort of, you know, and also we're only like, we're only 40 episodes in. Oh my God. It's going to be amazing to see I think everybody's probably picking up on something really valid. It's just like, okay, this theory, we need to like take this bit and apply it to this other theory to, you know, to see how the sort of the, the mafia and especially the Goliath storyline shakes out. Cause that's the thing we right. have the least information for right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because, you know, back when Tora gave her that cupcake on the roof, she asks him, oh, where'd you get it from? And he's like, oh, I just, you know, I was in the area. And it goes back to the Air Street. So I knew at that point, because I, we know Lily at that point, I knew that there must be something more to it that he was in the area. Because mm-hmm. Lily doesn't, doesn't give information for nothing. She puts in an image in a panel with, with a visual for a reason. And we're actually going to see that a little bit later. So right. some, something amazing I can pick up on. Someone else did. And yeah, now we see like his going in that area was significant. He was only near the bakery because he was doing this whole transaction. Right. Also, like when she shows you a bakery down like a dark alley that looks like it's like made of actual garbage, you know that something's mm-hmm. up. Yeah. Yep. So now uh, we get back, you know, Toro's back in the restaurant where we find out where he is. He says, I've settled guy owner compound. I'll hear the rest. And then you hear, oh boy, are you done with your homework or not? And who is there? It's Frank. <laughs> yeah, so Fred and Fran. And we actually can hear him say, um, his apron says Frank and Fran, but it's really Fred and Fran, but whatever. It's okay. We'll, you know. I think I'll, it like, makes sense with the sausages and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, I think it was early But yeah, and he's like, don't you have school tomorrow? So hell, if I'm babysitting for that old lady again. So, I mean, I need useful. this backstory <laughs> so <laughs> much. Probably, he's probably, um, you know, someone who was, he hung out with as a teenager. It looks like he's having like a senior moment where he thinks Tora is still like 15, even though he yeah. clearly isn't. 
Uh, I kind of like that. I also like someone floated the idea that like um, Torah, you know, pretending to be in school or something, you know, being like a college student because he's only 26 um, Mm -hmm. is, you know, sort of like his cover for hanging out and doing things like that. But I, I like the senior moment idea also. (laughs) And how Torah just like, he's just like fine with it. Yeah, it's totally a senior moment because uh, when I first read it, I'm like, wait, is Tor in school? No, he's not. Like, first off, like, you know, like, what would even be his major? Like, yeah, I, I, I think, like, I I think that's, that being probably not like, probably not true. Although the idea of, you know, the idea is really like enticing, I think, because, yeah. you know, we i don't think torah sees himself getting out of the mafia alive like i think he knows that he wants it but he also has no idea what his life would look like on the other side so i don't feel like i think that's part of probably also why he was giving poppy the ring and the bracelet because sees himself living to like 40 <laughs> And Poppy's yeah. might be like the first person where he like meets her and spends more than five minutes with her and suddenly, you know, has a thought one day of like, oh, when I'm 40, I want to. And then realizes like he's just imagined himself, you know, living beyond 30 for the first time in his life. Um, right. I would love to see him go to school one day. Oh, yeah, that'd be so cute. <laughs> so I don't think that he's in school because we mentioned when he was at Poppy's apartment, Poppy was like, oh, do you want to read something? And he gave her this look. And, you know, it's, it seems apparent that he's not good academically, which makes a lot of sense yeah. because he had a disastrous childhood and there's no way he was mm-hmm. able to focus in school. And we've and, seen evidence um, that he, like, played hooky a lot. Right, with Quincy. So he probably does not have a very good self-image of himself as a student and doesn't have faith in his capabilities as a, as a you know, academically inclined person. But we yeah. know he's intelligent, but he definitely has not had success in that area in life until now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think you're very right. Yep. So now we see this is <laughs> the adorable thing. He has, you have a message, two people getting messages. One is in the red pocket, one's on the edge of a bathtub. And we see <laughs> the best oh, so far. Oh my gosh. I like what you guys described this now. <laughs> Oh my gosh. The thing is, is, I have a friend who always wears their hair like up in like the little pebbles ponytail. So I just, I absolutely cackled when I saw that because it was just so provocative. But Quincy is is, um, very in touch with his self care, down to sheet masks in the bathtub with his hair up so that he, you know, doesn't get any mask for his face on his hair. <laughs> and it's this nice big bathroom with marble, you know, because he has a nice house because of his dad. Oh, yeah. and, and, you know, and he like looks at the text and he's like, weirdo. And he just slides back down to the bathtub and puts cucumber slices on his eyes. I can't even. It's so it's good. Funny. It's so interesting because I'm very curious about their relationship. You know, Quincy comes across as being very self-absorbed. And this just, you know, this just is more of it, right? He's he's in the bathtub and he, you know, he's taking care of himself. And then he gets this text from Torah. And instead of like asking, oh, what is this? Or what is this thing that you're sending me that is really important to you? He's just like, eh, weirdo. And, you know, that's kind of what we like about Tor- Quincy as well, that he's a little selfish and he's like immature that way. He thinks about himself. And I think that's, you know, all natural given the way he was raised mm-hmm. with his father, giving him everything. And... You know, he does have this close relationship with Torah in some ways, but he also is probably ignoring um, and avoiding what his father did to Torah. If he if he knows about it or he doesn't want to know about it. And the fact that he's like kind of like bossing him around at the same time, you know, he's. Yeah. He holds a role of power over him because he's Vincent's son. And so it's a little it's a very strange relationship they have. Yeah, I see that. It also, you know, it's one of those things that I, I, makes me really wonder what the, you know, what the picture was. You know, like what, right. you know, I'm, pro- I'm probably just in the weeds reading. It's, 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 you're right. 
and the relationship that he when they went to you know when they went to the publisher's office it seemed like they had some real connections but i also i don't know how much of that is actually like inference because if we go back to the towards the beginning of the series where um I think it was Vince who mentioned that like Tora is playing bodyguard. Um, it makes me think that their connection is like real adult conscious people has is a more recent development and they get along, but there's no real openness because Quince didn't even really know that like Tora had ever had a broken jaw. You know, so somehow he's like missed all of this part of Torah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he definitely doesn't seem to be too concerned about other people, and he, you know, he's supportive in some ways, and he's like, oh, you know, uh, T- Torah's harmless around innocent girls, like he's a wingman in that sense. Mm-hmm. But we will he always is- appreciate the fact that he was a wingman in that instance. Good job, Quince. <laughs> yeah, I think he's just underdeveloped his his nurturing sense and his ability to see beyond himself is underdeveloped because of how he his how he was raised nobody ever taught him to care about other people Oof, that's a good line but also yeah, like, do you think that like you know torah knowing that torah knows that quincy's a little bitch when it comes to like graphic shit like a broken jaw or blood or whatever like He's purposely going to shield that from Quincy because he knows that that's how he's going to react, you know? Mm-hmm. I think Tor is a good friend when it comes to certain things like that. Like, keep shielding others from what they don't want to see, the reality <gasps> of situations. Oh, that's a, that is mm-hmm. a really good observation. Shielding others from what they don't want to see. Wow, that's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. And also, I noticed, um, you know, the funny thing is that, like, when, when I first saw the panel of him in the bathtub, I didn't even notice, but some people commented, they're like, oh, look at, at Quincy's muscles. And I was like, huh, I, it didn't strike me at first, but the, the funny thing is the contrast between Toro's muscles and Quincy's muscles. Toro has muscles because he has to use them. He has to use them for violence. Quincy has muscles for beauty. He has muscles yeah. so that he'll look good. He doesn't ever use those muscles. It's like such a contrast between those two. Well, again, ow. <laughs> <laughs> that hurt yep it's a, it's, a, yeah. it's a neat observation just in the difference between their you know they live in the same bubble and in completely different worlds yeah. right and more back to their like relationship so in what you know we saw especially that in that panel back when um quincy is a little kid and torah you know like takes his pants off him so torah has physical dominance over over Quincy and he's always had that and he has that now like you know he beat him up a little bit with uh, outside the, in the parking lot with Mr. Morrison but Quincy does have like the relational dominance because he's the son of the you know of Vincent and he uses that all the time he's like oh, I'll tell daddy he does it as a kid he does it as, a, as an adult mm-hmm. yep but it's not it's not power that's within him you know it's power it's relying on other people for power Torah has the power within him Quincy has to ask other people he borrow other people's power he borrows Torah's power and he borrows his father's power Ooh. Yep. Wow. Yeah. So ending this off, we see that Gaiu also got a text, but we're not sure if Gaiu got the same text because Gaiu's reaction, he looks like flustered and he's like, eh? He looks concerned. So I've seen people have this theory that maybe the motion sensor outside Poppy's um, apartment went off and he's getting the alert on his phone. So maybe he didn't get the strawberry tie or maybe he got some other thing. We don't know. That's kind of what and... I'm wondering and I'm worried. <laughs> Very worried. Right. And this is, here's another tinfoil theory that someone had that maybe Gaiu's job or got a job at um, the place right next to Poppy's work. Because if you, if you go back, there's um, Gaiu has information like way back in the beginning, he tells Toro, hey, here's our workplace, giant goldfish. And there's a picture of a diner. And it kind of looks like the kind of diner he's in now. It's absolutely, totally a diner. Plus, 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 if you guys look at the second to last, um, one of the last panels, 
you see these orange boxes in the store that look exactly like the orange boxes that Poppy has in the cake. That she has yeah. a cake. And I, didn't, I didn't notice this. It wasn't me. I think it was someone Chelsea or something like that. But the credit goes to her, okay? Because that's insane. And they really, really is. It's the same oh shade. My God. Same Wait, thing. that's so right. Hang on. <laughs> scrolling back, scrolling back. <laughs> Okay, now now Gayu has become like the most interesting part of this story right now. That's really saying something. I oh. Yep. Yep. It yep. Is. It's an orange It's an orange box. And now I have to look at should like try and find the panel where she's at work for the first time. And yeah, yeah wow. It, okay. He sends pictures. Um you'll see it in when when Gayu sends pictures to Torah. He has pictures of her work. And there's this diner, and it focuses in on the diner. Okay, there's another panel okay. that focuses in on the diner, and that's how we know that this is significant. Yes. Okay. <laughs> well. Okay. This is amazing. Let me see. Actually, I'm trying to go back right now and see if I can find it. <laughs> All of us frantically scrolling through webtoon. <laughs> this is just like totally on the fly because I don't really look super super deep into each panel like you guys but like um what if guy you got a text fake like from Torah talking about the job like the security job you know like because you mm-hmm. know how we always see Gaiu at like his many different jobs like what yes. if, <laughs> like what if Torah is just like hey dude um you got a you got a security guard job available and he's like huh really like he's like what yeah like you know enough of being a barista just just have this cushy job being a security guard to protect my girl you know like i i mean i don't know maybe that's just an idea who knows mm-hmm. no i think that 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 holds a lot of water actually you know where he was like okay somebody set up but like that person doesn't know it yet <laughs> <laughs> Right. I mean, that's the part with, uh, with the papers. Look in the papers the next day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Still trying to find those text messages from Gaio. I'm all the way up. Mm-hmm. I'm up to episode 11, but I think it's past there. Anyway. Somebody out there listening is now going, oh my god, they're just an episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, we'll find it when we find it. But um, it's definitely somewhere. Maybe I'll put it in the, the links. Mm-hmm looking for it <laughs> anywho guys thank you so much for coming on this podcast and thank you very uh, much for having us and um we'll just go back to like hugging our knees and rocking in the corner until next friday night <laughs> <laughs> i'm fine what are you talking about <laughs> yep <laughs> okay guys thanks so much all right see you next yeah. time right, thank you it was fun Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye.